All right, we're coming to you live from Amsterdam and the Dell booth, and we are honored and privileged to have the software-defined talk boys, at least two out of three here in boys. the booth today um, in, our, in our podcast place. So, uh, Kote, do you want to – oh, and I guess one more thing we'll say is uh, if you want to see this eventually, you'll – well, you will take it and, and work with it. But, we'll uh, post it. Yes, oh, you yeah. will. You will put a stamp on it and post it. So, also, we'll put it on developer.dell.com. Remember, developer.dell.com. Mm, tasty. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> I actually got two stickers there. I'll have to uh, put it on my laptop there. That's awesome. There you go. Well, uh, we we are at KubeCon now. I'm gonna I'm gonna start with you, Barton, since uh, you you're letting us use your booth here. Uh, you know, did you watch any of the keynotes? I saw the first day. So so tell me tell me what happened there because I haven't caught up on them yet. Um, if I am to be honest, um, I'll say. Uh, I was not surprised. I don't think keynotes tend to be the best. Usually there's one that sort of shines. Uh-huh. Um, that that wasn't as, as much of a case. I don't think there was really, you know, Chris Amazick got up, the CTO of CNF, CNCF, and gave the, you know, here's how many projects we have, here's the stats. Yeah. And that was that was It, it was like the, the momentum thing. This is what yeah. you expect from a foundation is right. to be like, here's the current state, the momentum. I hear the new. Everything is cool. Yeah. yeah. And then, you know, some of this, we now have so-and-so as a sponsor, and we just, this project mm-hmm. graduated, mm-hmm. Uh, and Matt Ray is running open costs. And, you know, the most important things. I, I love it when I get a shout out in a keynote. Did you get a Did you get a little logo up there? <laughs> no. Nah, nah. His whole face. I was like so surprised. It was yeah. like the size of the the Wizard of Oz. You know. Uh-huh. What I mean? Oh yeah. right, with the, the little powerful. What is it? The uh, the mighty and powerful. That for Chicago. That's oh. right. Pay no attention to Matt. Bo- no. Um, I, do that. I think that the one. Um, <laughs> How can I make this happen? <laughs> the one uh, keynote that was. I, I would say more interesting in topic than it was in actual delivery because it got a bit long. And I think she works at VMware. The one about burnout. Uh, I, I haven't caught up on the keynote. Wait, wait, wait. wait. Did you burn out <laughs> on the burnout keynote? <laughs> exactly. Uh, no, was it Kennedy was her last name? Is that Paula Kennedy? I think so. Isn't she, that? she worked at uh, VMware and Pivotal, if that's her. But I, I don't know. This could. She spoke at a uh, community uh, session about um, running communities on a panel uh, and kind of like getting communities going. Uh, but I don't know if she uh, spoke on the keynote stage. Yeah, yeah, this was the this was the last one. Or if you count the, the closing, this was the penultimate one. Um, and it was, a, like I said, it's an interesting topic about uh, burnout and oh, yes. the fact that, uh, hey, folks, and I think you guys have talked about it in your podcast, Software Defined Talk, um, about how all this, and I think Matt and I were talking about it too, just at there's some there's someone at the bottom being asked to do all this stuff, and maybe mm. it's not just at the bottom, and they're not getting compensated, and people are demanding, and it's sort of and Kelsey Hightower echoed this in his talk as well, which is empathy, right? Sure. Realize that you can't just say fix this bug because we need it. Um, maybe you throw some contributors, maintainers in there, and you can you can do that. But so it, uh, to circle back to your question, I saw the keynotes. I really wasn't dazzled and then as a result I didn't go to any others and the only uh, other talk I went to was Kelsey Hightower's which uh-huh. was how to build business out of open source and that was much more of a dialogue and talked about different things and I found that fascinating so oh, anyway I'll have to go do that one that's a favorite topic of our podcast yeah. making money off of uh, free stuff well there, there was a session this morning that huh. I didn't go to uh, but uh, well you you've been busy in a professional capacity <laughs> Answering many questions at uh, your booth. Well, it's really just one question over and over again. Yeah. Uh, yeah. 
But uh, who yeah. are you and what do you do? <laughs> yeah, why are you sitting at that booth? Where are the what, toilets? What, do, you a, no, do you have a T-shirt? What do you, what do you give in away? Yeah, can you show me where to find coffee? Yeah. Um, no, no. I mean, uh, I've been answering. You know, what's up with open cost over and over again? Yes. But uh, uh, there was another session today that I'm going to try to track down on the recordings of you know making businesses out of open source. Oh yeah. And so uh, it's always it's always a fun topic that you know. Evergreen. Yes. That was a panel, right? I think I was it a panel. I think I circled. I, didn't see it. I circled that as one to go to, and then didn't. I was tired, so. I didn't. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, like you said, the recording. I'll I'll get it and never watch. I mean, I'll get it and watch. <laughs> well, it. Well, you know, there's a chance you'll watch it. No, yes, yes, there is. Any, well, anything is possible. Well, that, that's good. You, 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 uh, you were our temporary brand in there. You actually filled in some details of ostensibly what our topic was. He's uh, much better at which, the product which, management and the business analysis. And um, sure, just but, you know, know, knowing things and reading details. Yeah, yeah and I do what I do to, to help. Now, now, speaking of, I want to get y'all's take on this. And speaking of being totally off topic. So uh, I went to a few of the media things, which it's, it's great that the... Um, oh, you the, two both were here as yeah, media. Yeah, as yeah media. the CNCF yep. uh, gave us some media badges. Awesome. Like, it, it's very much appreciated. And so I went to a few of them. And, and one, uh, you know, I used to go to a lot of these media and press conference things. And I was reminded, like, wow, I remember this, like how this works out. You, you mean, like they, the full analyst days that yeah, you used there, to go to? there was some analysts that I knew. There was, it's unfortunate that I, like, uh, skipped out before catching up with some of them. But I did get to uh, talk with some of the... The, uh, the great ones, uh, and that was nice. Uh, but, you know, you got a room full of people, and then there's a little bit of a panel of a talk, and then Q&A uh, that they do. In you have a buffet, a good buffet. There was they, a good they buffet, too. slightly better food. Yeah, yeah they had... They Europe, had, Europe definitely does that. Oh, yeah, and they had the um, they had the best... I think the... Well, other than, like, really good barbecue at, like, DevOps Days Austin or something, like, or tacos, or... But I think the best conference food you can hope for is like the big pot of slowly cooked chicken thighs. Oh, gosh. Right? Like that are like <laughs> okay. nicely seasoned. I gotta go to the bathroom right now. Oh, boy. I'm just saying it's the best because you definitely don't want a chicken breast. You don't want to go with the salmon. That's not going to be good. And then, apologies, you know, you don't want like the quinoa surprise. Oh, God, no. And so like, but all, you know, and if you're lucky, I mean, I guess the best you could hope for is like a carving station with the big red light in the Ooh. person. But I haven't seen that since like, the Steve Mills days at IBM. That just, that rarely happens. I mean, the buffet we had at breakfast at my hotel that comes complimentary, I mean, it was not like the uh, residence inn. I mean, there was like salmon. And there oh, was yes, all yes. These where, where are you staying, Barbara? Where are you staying? The inside. That's a pun, but it's I-N-N-S-I-D-E. Oh, nice. About a 17-minute walk from here. Yes. But yeah, I mean, the I guess, European spreads for breakfast. Yeah, the European breakfast buffet is only rivaled by the Asian breakfast buffet. Oh, so good. Love but, me an Asian Breakfast well, Japanese breakfast buffet with the miso and the, oh, the right. oh, yeah. yes. and the I, salad. Yeah, oh, they, yeah. Oh, yes, with a with a thousand island dressing on it too. But anyway, yeah. See, the European breakfast buffet always top notch. Well, uh, it's, my it's, uh, I did not get the breakfast buffet with my hotel room, so I've been uh, uh, taking myself to the the wonders of the Amsterdam grocery stores. Oh yes, so I'm, I'm now I'm now uh, happy to report that I understand. How to check out at Dirk? Now uh, I, we talked about this, but I want to go over. This is this is pertinent to our listeners, yeah, absolutely, who love systems. Uh, I want you to cover the checkout and the claw. Like, what what the are claw. the situation, okay. situations so, in Dirk? So uh, this is I, I, I Kote gave me some education after I'd already been there uh, once. But you typical, go, typical timing on my part. Yeah, <laughs> like oh, so, you know. So were you confused at the grocery store? And the answer was yes. And you know, here's why you were confused. So uh, this grocery store, Dirk. Um, they've got, when you walk in, there's a whole wall of scanners, like cell phones. 
And what you're supposed to do with these is you grab one. scans? No, 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 no. Like a phone. Like a cell phone. Okay. And you're supposed to go, and as you're, like, putting things in your cart, you scan them. And then when you get the checkout, it's, it's a barcode. So they, they it's a barcode reader. Scanning to you, to their customers. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's, it's a, optional. Like, yeah, it's totally okay. optional because I just walked past it because I had no idea. But but you know now that I know what it is, I'm still kind of fascinated. But as you walk by, um, you're supposed to like scan your stuff, and then when you check out, it's like boom. Here's mm. here's everything that's in my cart, and you're gone. So yeah. how do they how do they monitor that though? Is there something they're, that they're, if you don't scan well, they're, 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 that's uh, the beauty of it? That's the beauty of it. It's all in Dutch, so I have no idea. <laughs> Well, to answer your question, I mean, it, it, we it can, uh, RFID there, there's, tags, there's, that's what I've heard are hot. Cameras. There's two things that make your question less relevant or moot. Now, in an American grocery store, you can come and go as you please. Uh, but in you'll, you've noticed this. In, yeah, a, yeah. in a Dutch they grocery the store, doors. there's actually, like, gates. Yeah. Like, to enter, there's a gate that has a motion oh, thing really? that lets you in. And to exit, there's also gates to leave. So, whoa, 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 whoa. I mean, I was, I was going okay, to go okay, ahead, okay. too. All right, go ahead. Go yeah, ahead. yeah, so... So I, I didn't do the scanner. I just went and wandered around through the store, you know, gawking as a tourist. At the, you know the, you know the funny deodorant in different languages, and, and you know. And it's hard to the Dutch. You'd think it would be easier to read the Dutch and figure it out, like maybe kind of if you know some German. But no, no, I can't. No, I, yeah. But if you if you say it out loud, sometimes it sounds like English. That's that's. I think that's a good point. But but, but anyway, so I, 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 I. Then you look pretty stupid. Go, <laughs> you sound like a third grader <laughs> trying yeah, to pronounce big yeah, words. Uh, yeah, um, yeah. So uh, I, I, I did not do that, but I went and Cote had told me that the, the bread and pastries in the grocery store is pretty good, and so I go to the, the pastries and I just sit there and watch other people serving themselves. And what they have is all the pastries are behind glass, and it's not one of those ones where you're like, you know, you just pop it open and stick your hand and grab. They've got this like claw arm extender that you go in there and, and you are and there you, are there stuffed animals in there too that you can win it's not electric it's, it's manual but you're sitting there and you're like you manually pull like your pastry through a grate and it drops it out and then you pick it up by hand are those like uh, the things uh, that if uh, things are on the top shelf and you can't reach them you get yeah, little sort of. no, like but, but imagine imagine a, a, a garden hoe yeah like a on a long hoe. arm that's that's like goes through a hole in the plastic container, and and then you you put the hoe behind a croissant, and oh, then you like drag a, the croissant like a forward. Like would do. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Pull it in. Yeah. Croissantier. Croissantier. <laughs> oh dear. Well, then do but do people ever like they're going for the same one? Do they duel? No, there's only one per per rack per per shelf. Yeah. Okay. Oh, okay. And so, got it. Yeah. So so you know I I, I followed this and I you know. Pulled a couple out, put it in my plastic bag, and then I jauntily went up to uh, the cash register, and it's all in Dutch. And you know, I, I, I watched somebody else, so you know, then I figured out I like scanned my my yogurt and my my. Uh, my oh, juice. but then what do you do with the bread? Then you do it with the bread. Well, the Klein brood. It was a touch screen, had uh -huh. a little picture of a, of a croissant, so I clicked that. Got, and then, oh wow! Do you have to bust, weigh it? No, 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 no. It just busts out with little photos of all the different bread things. So I was okay. like, you know, I got a croissant and a. I don't know, Farfagnugan, right? And, yes. And, you know, and it was delicious. And so, I, you know, I, I think that. the Farfagnugans in Belgium are, are far superior to the ones here in Amsterdam. I don't know, but it, it was really good. And then, and then, so I'm sitting there looking at the screen, and I'm like, I don't know how to check, how to, like, hit the, the checkout, you know, I wanna, I'm ready to pay. And there was a button that said, like, African? Yeah, I, for, I forget how to pronounce it, but yes, it's basically like, it's like a, a chord. Like, I always think of it as a chord. Like, I'm done. Confirm. Okay, sure. Wait, yeah. what does what does the cord mean? But it had an F in it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
Okay, whatever. Um, <laughs> the F is silent. And eventually you're going to press batal, which is to pay. B-E-T-A-A-L. Okay. I thought it meant to fight. Like two armies? To battle. Oh, uh, yeah. I thought oh, that was an attack. Sorry, I walked right into that one. <laughs> Shaboom. Oh, you ran right into the hoe and stepped on it and hit you. Oh, yes. So, okay. So, uh, yeah, when so did you get to the payment part? This, well, then this I get is to the payment, conclusion. right? And there's okay. like three choices, and uh-huh. they all look like credit cards. Yeah. yeah. And oh, so yeah. I hit the one that said pin, and it was the right one. Um, and then, and then, like the, the little cash, re- the the little uh, payment thing, like lit up, like you know, the light starts flashing to take a, a tap card, and this is the moment of truth because it's like, I don't have a, a, a debit card for this country, but it took my American Visa Chase card with the. the you gave him your visa? Yes. Okay. I don't think we need a visa. Maybe because you're coming from Australia. I don't know. Yes. Um, and it worked. And and then I go to walk out, and the gate won't open for me. Uh-huh, uh-huh. <laughs> Did the siren go off? No, 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 no. I'm just sitting there, like, looking at the gate, and then I back up, and I wait for someone else, and you have to take your, your receipt, and you scan oh, it on yes. the gate to leave. Oh, they have the flat scanners? Yeah, they have my, the flat My scanner. neighborhood grocery store has the, you put it underneath it, which sure. I much so prefer like to the flat scanner. It's styles, right? When yeah. you're getting out yeah. of the tram or the yeah. public yeah, yeah, transport. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then the other thing they do is they do, they do uh, like, random spot checks of your groceries. They'll, they'll come over. You know, there must be some statistical theory that they're using here, because they'll... they'll you, let's say you Probability bought, curve they've, you, that they've generated? I, well, I'll, I'll tell A you why I say this. Because let's say you, scatter plot. You, had, you had 15 things. And you get tagged to be spot checked, right? So right before you pay, it'll be like, oh, someone always says, someone's going to come help. Like, (laughs) they're not going to help me. And they come over and they scan maybe like four of your things. And then that, like, you know, they make sure that you're not stealing stuff. It's like air checking. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I I guess, yeah. And and it's it's weird because it's only four. But I guess they figured out that, like, ah, we'll catch enough people and it freaks them out. And four is the ideal amount. But I have and heard publicly embarrassed them. Yeah. That's the best way of doing it. I, I have heard that at Albert Hine, uh, if that happens like four or five times to you, you get banned from the store. That if you if you've uh, tried to uh, steal stuff or whatever. Is or there, is there a statute of limitations? In other words, you you go to another <laughs> store till that one year runs out, and then you can come back. That's right. It's it's called the uh, the Albert Hine number. Ah, uh, uh, yes. <laughs> But yeah, I, I think I, don't, I used to use the hand scanner uh, when I shopped at Albert Hein, uh, and I loved it. It was great. Is the, it the, you're, the, it, when you scan it, it's the finger, the fingerprints well, you're scanning? No, 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 no. So you, it's this little. It has a handle. So and you're it, not scanning your hand. No, they only do that back in the states at Whole Foods. I okay. signed up for that too. I don't know if that was a good idea, but it sure is cool. Whole Foods. I could go on and on about that, but we won't. But the other thing that's nice about the hand scanner is they would give you deals just because you were using the hand scanner. Oh, so they're so trying to incent- incentivize you, and then. With with analytics, because you use your membership thing, right? Like, you know, you've got a... Like a cost for membership type yeah, of thing? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, except it's free to sign up for. But they would also know things that you buy frequently. So they would give you two-for-one deals on your frequent items. Which, like, so pretty much every time you go in there... This podcast is sponsored by Albert Hein. Uh, do, they, pretty, do they use cookies? Because that's what happens, right? If you search on something, then, probably, they'll, then they will... Uh, average, uh, definitely, yeah. definitely cookies. But yes. yeah, that, that's... Uh, Dutch cookies. You really delved into the grocery store mechanics over here. That's pretty much what you need to know. Yeah. Yeah. Did that give you anxiety? That would have given me oh, anxi- uh, anxiety. Uh, well, I mean, I, 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 I was like, I got to eat. He yeah. looks like an adult, but he's not, he's not acting. He's looking pretty confused in the grocery store. Yeah, and I don't want to talk to anybody, you know. Oh, so nice not to talk to people. <laughs> You know, For present company excluded. It, it, well, no, I mean, mm. in, in, a, in a retail environment, and the, the, the systems are set up to be very self-service friendly. There's yeah. all sorts of terminals, and they work 
pretty much perfectly. Like when I go back to the States and I'll try to use it at Walmart or HEB, like, I don't know, 10% of the time, just like the person has to come over with their big chain and card. Yep. Yeah. Yep. No, and that's that the thing. And of course, if you're buying beer, even if you look uh, well seasoned like we do, they, they have to come over and lock it. And then say, like the thing that stymies me is when you get fruit. And you have to weigh it. You have oh. to find the picture, and then yeah, you got to yeah, put yeah. it, or you scan the barcode. I mean, it just it. Uh, yeah, and like yeah. you said, they, they have to employ one or two people who sit there and just help people. Yeah, and I, you know, I don't know. I mean, it is reflecting on it. Like I'm thinking of the HUB machines, and they are like the buddy bucks. They're like these no, the self checkout HUB okay. machines, and they're like some weird Frankenstein construct. Like you, when you look at it, you're like, oh, I see what you did. You like went to like six different vendors and then also like Jerry down the street and like you combine together some bizarre machine that you use for self-checkout whereas like the ones here it's just like one machine one vendor and one and like it, and it all integrates it's an together and works a vertically integrated appliance and then also the other thing is they don't accept cash at the self-service machine so you don't have a, right. me- a mechanical thing to deal with which yes, is probably also at the, at the um at the bar or the where they sell drinks and goodies in the hotel um, I tried to use an American Express, and he says, yeah, we have trouble with that going through. It's like sometimes it does, sometimes it doesn't. I said, okay, that's okay. I've got euros. I'll pay in cash. We don't accept cash. And so I, um, I tried to barter. I said, this watch? This watch? It's Timex, but it's one of the better Timexes, really. It's, um, <laughs> How many croissants can I get for this watch? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and I've had one of the kids there. I could have said, but anyway... Um, so speaking of being off topic, here, here's what I wanted to go into. I was, I was in the room full of analysts, yep. right? And, and people go over, you know, there was some great, uh, there was a, uh, uh, it was a panel with vendors talking about the future of platform engineering. Yep. And, you know, it, it's the standard thing. You have an hour set aside for a panel. The uh, moderator of the panel is going to ask questions, uh, canned questions. Well, previously decided on questions. Yes. Uh, for the first 30 minutes, and then you're going to open it up for questions and whatever. So that happened. But then... The two experiences I've had where there are analysts and press people, the first question they ask is always about, like, chat GPT AI stuff. And I just want to be like, we're at a Kubernetes conference. Yeah. Like, I know you, I know you care, but, like, you should ask about Kubernetes stuff. But it's all managed by Kubernetes. That's, yeah. yeah now, now, that said, I have also done uh, three or four different other interview things. In addition to yours, Barton, you, were, you really got me going on this. I did, I did, yes. I, I basically said, Barton George has interviewed me, and they're like, oh, please, come, come talk with us. Exactly. And I think all but of this... But they set your expectations. It's nothing, it's nothing like that. It's not going to be as high quality as, oh, you know, we... But just yes. be, yeah. And, and all of them ended up asking about AI stuff a lot. And so now I'm going to do a classic and political... Di- and who didn't, huh? Uh, who loves you, baby? I'm going to do a classic political gab fest move where I'm going to ask... Should we be talking about this thing as a thing we should be talking about all the time, or or is it annoying? Because it seems like I mean, did anyone come up to your booth and ask about AI? Yes. And and it seems like I mean, the answers are kind of like, yeah, it's awesome. Do you want to know about looking up how much your Kubernetes costs to run? Like, well, it's it's, yeah. it's a bit of a like, it's a bit of a like too far into the future. We got we got normal stuff to deal with in the here and now. Or am I wrong? Should I be? I mean. In true my style, I have managed to talk probably three hours about AI while I've been here. <laughs> well, but, but it feels like an talking odd about how sort we shouldn't thing. be talking about it. Yes. Well, so so over at the the Open Cost booth, of course, it's monitoring. And yes. I mean, uh, you know, we're we're hearkening back to the the good old days of monitoring, and, and so 
Yeah, well, the guy comes in and he starts asking about, uh, you know, could I use this uh, with some AI? And I was like, do you mean AI? Do you mean ML? Or do you actually just mean... Neural like, networks? Deep like, neural? Or, or do you really just mean, can I do some curve fits on... Uh, Ooh, curve fits. On, on you know, the, the data I already have uh-huh. and use it for projection. He's like, that, that's what I really want. And I'm like, that's not AI. Go yeah. get out of my sight. You, I, you could use, I, I, I don't know the limit, but if, if you dumped out a CSV file from your, uh, your fancy open source tool. We you, got that from Microsoft. Yeah, you could probably stick that this in. This is now the Microsoft sponsor. No, it is not. This is the. Uh, you could stick that in chat GPT and, and do projections. Absolutely. I don't know if they'd be accurate, but you could do Or, or as, as Microsoft would let you know, you can do it in Excel. That's true. You could do it in Excel. <laughs> you you could also anything in Excel. You could ask it to write Excel macros for you. Oh. That would do the projection or a Python script or whatever you may like. So that, you know, that's what I found. I was talking with someone is like if you if you have it write scripts for you, that's the magic. Can you get it to do that that data import thing that Excel can do where it takes data from the web? Because then you can have it say, well, go pull it from the open cost API yeah, and yeah. import it into Excel. Well, you could, have it, you could have it write a script for that. Here's the thing is, like, there was this time when ChatGPT would, would uh, reliably grab stuff from the web. Yeah. But in the past two weeks, it's been really flaky. It'll say, like, I am a large language model and I cannot read things from the web. And I'm like, yes, you can, you fucker. I've been doing that for three months. <laughs> Don't get it. Oh, where where, no, no, where no, no, would no, they no. get it from, though? It's like uh, no, the no, library. But, Please excuse me while I check out a couple of books. Yeah, with the little card. Yes, big stamp. Exactly. Yeah, so at some point, ChatGPT could, like, go scrape the web and, and now give it's, a URL. It's and now it's like, can't be bothered. You know, it's funny. I think now it can't, but it doesn't tell you it can't. What it does is it looks at the URL and it comes up with something. That is based because a lot of URL is like the is the URL is encoded with the title of the the yeah, post, yeah. and so it can look at what's in the title of the post. And this is kind of a, uh, either I'm I'm dumb enough. I mean, if you're asking to summarize it, you haven't read it. So like I've been asking to summarize some things, and then I realized last week. Hold on, wait, this so isn't we, what's in the article, and it's, it just went <laughs> off what's in the title. It's making shit up. For and you. so, so, this so is it's not. Wait, a, so when you say you're uh, been asked to do some stuff, is that? Who's been asking you? Oh, no, no, no. So I, I'll, I might find an article, right? And I especially do this with articles that are just um, <clears throat> sort of shovelware. Uh, mm-hmm. So, like, there might be a new article about platform engineering. Right. You know, the, the 50th that I've read that week. And I'll be like, maybe there's something new and interesting in here. And so I would go to ChatGPT and I would say, summarize this. And I would put the okay. URL for the article in there. Okay, got it. And then, so you, I had, I've been able to do that kind of thing for three months, which is actually kind of handy. It's nice. And then, and then the great thing is after... Like, after a couple of days, you can say, all right, make a list of everything I ask you to summarize and, like, you know, whatever. That's fun. However, that I've sounds, noticed... That sounds pretty handy, So actually. for a week or so, it would tell me, like, I'm a large language model and I can't read the web. And that's where I was cursing earlier and I was saying, like, yes, you can. You're just choosing not to do it. Um, but now I think it's moved on. It's not only... It's not telling me it can't do it. It's just figuring something out. Uh, so you got to be careful. But from where? From, from whence its data well, comes? Well, so, so whenever you publish an article, like if I have an article titled that was like, um, uh, you must manage your platform as a product. Right. And then the URL would be like, you know, the newstack.io, blah, blah, blah. You hyphen Brought must you hyphen. <laughs> you hyphen must hyphen. Like it would be, have the title in there. Right. So I would give it that URL and then ChatGPT would look at that URL and be like, oh, what would someone write about that? And then they would write a summary of that. And if, you, if you're not careful, you could read it and it would be pretty convincing. But then you go and read the original article. And you, and you realize and you wrote like, it to begin with. Wait, wait, yeah. wait. So it's literally just projecting a made-up based on article the URL. based off the URL? Yeah. 
It's fascinating. So the problem would be if you gave it a URL to pull a CSV file, it would probably do projections, but based on a made-up set of costs. <laughs> ah, I love it. However, what I haven't experimented with yet is I think you can ask it to write a script to scrape something yeah. and then use the OpenAI API to feed it into it, right? So that would be the next step. But, uh, yeah, just have it write a script to do all that stuff. Mm. And it would be great. And you could even say things like, you know, use the Microsoft cost projection framework. And it'll tell you even how to, like, use a package manager to install it and everything. Wow. Fancy. So this is probably why everyone's asking about AI around here because they're fascinated with it. But it seems like, uh, yeah, like, I don't think Kubernetes cares about AI or vice versa, <laughs> right? There's not really yes. anything there. Yeah. We'll do that to promorphize Kubernetes. It, it cares. Oh, Yes, it's a, it's sentient, right? It's, Kubernetes is sentient. That's what I that I that I what I found. I think that was, I heard that in a session. Yes, exactly. Sen- the sentience of uh, Kubernetes and why it matters to you in your job. So, so now let's do the segment called uh, "Help Cote Finish Writing His Newsletter Idea." Okay, and that is so. I was I was thinking, you know, you got ten thousand crowdsourcing here. from a crowdsource of two. Exactly. This is I've only got the first third of this written. Like, and I don't like to write those kind of articles that are like, hey, have you thought of this? I'm out, right? Like, right. you know. Five things. Start with the five things you need to know. It's almost like a five things article. Number four will blow your mind. But I only list one and a half of them. Yes. And so, like, here's the setup that I have. I have, there's 10,000 people here. I think the last OpenSAT conference I know about had, like, 8,000, right? And then there's this great chart, also from the newstack.com, from 2022, based on the Flexera uh, survey, which, you know, is fine. And it shows this four-year drop-off in, like, OpenStack usage going, or interest going from, like, 60% down to, like, 20% or something. Gotcha. Right? And so what I want to know is, like, what's up with the Kubernetes community in that regard? Right? Because, like, all the sentiment here, like, we were all involved in that. Like, OpenStack was going to be the future. Mm-hmm. All of the same stuff, people doing things. And I guess maybe around 2012 or so that feels like maybe the apex of it but then very rapidly it just sort of kerchunked like maybe, maybe a little later but yeah. a little later yeah. yeah yeah okay no that's fair because i remember covering it at, at 451 and then when i came into pivotal like it was uh, a supported thing that was there everywhere so you're right you're right maybe 2016 or 2017 yeah I mean, definitely before that right? yeah yeah it, it ended why don't you why st- don't you throw out a year matt ray I'm going to say 2015. Okay, that's the one that I I'm going to say 16, right? It's like we're betting on how much does this, no, 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 how much does this thing say, cost? I'll go one cent higher I'm, than you. Because I, I, I definitely remember um, kind of the steam got taken out of uh, Rackspace and HP Cloud uh-huh. and a couple of the others. Yeah. And Red Hat just kind of started to dominate it. And so did the telcos. Yes. And, and that's really around the time that, like, I kind of pulled the plug on, on the, the chef involvement in it because... Oh, yeah. You you have interesting insight. There. Yeah, yeah. Yes. And so, like, because it, it was, you could see that there weren't a lot of, there wasn't space for really anybody else but, but yeah. Red Hat. <laughs> and and most of the, like, activity was headed to the telcos. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah Isn't so, that sort of the repositioning or the retargeting? Yeah. yeah. Well, well, and, 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 you know, I don't, I don't much so much bring it up to be like, oh, look at this. It's going to happen to these all happy people. I want to make them sad. I don't know what voice that was. Uh, but but it's, it's more of like, you know, uh, it's the same category of software. But, and, but and it's so like, different. Well, wait, wait, it's infrastructure stuff, right? And like the, the whole thing with Kubernetes is like we should have a new way of doing infrastructure stuff instead of the same stuff over again. But it's for the same purpose. It's almost like, you know, uh, 
I can't think of an analogy. Uh, uh, oranges are citrus fruits. Apples aren't. There you go. Discuss. It, it's and, and and so like more of my curiosity. And this is the part I don't know over. Is like so what like what like lessons learned or things did we learn from that open stack thing that that this community can make sure that they do so that a similar thing doesn't happen. Like for example, like the one one thing about the open stack world. I mean, I, I, I think there's at least two things that maybe happened is like, well, not enough people actually used it, except in the telco space, right? So there was this, there was this belief that like it was going to be a universal used by everyone thing, right. and then it wasn't, and then there, here we are. Now, the second thing, as was happened so many of us, is like there might have just been like, well, people aren't going to be doing anything at all, infrastructure change-wise, They'll do a little bit of public cloud in that era. But in the meantime, they're just holding back until they actually fundamentally change their infrastructure. Or maybe uh, it was also just Kubernetes doing the Kubernetes thing from 2015 to 2022, which was just like also making everyone not want to do anything and instead wait for Kubernetes to, to just be the big thing. Or not. I don't know. But it's just sort of like... Well, to me, so, so like, what's going on here that they can make sure that they don't have that weirdness that the OpenStack world did? One of the the things that led to weirdness in OpenStack is there was always just one thing that did each component. They're oh, like, oh, that's great! Right, 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 right. right. Like Cinder yeah. did. Yeah, it was a block storage. Well, yeah, like you know, there's block storage, and it's uh -huh. this project. And you can put whatever backend you want, but there's no debate right. about, like, you know, well, if you don't like Cinder, you could try this. and You can and, have it any color you want as long as it's blacks at Henry Ford, right? Yeah, yeah. But, and then so, you know, definitely within Kubernetes, they're like, hey, we've got Kubernetes. You only get one of those. There's but, plenty of options. But, you know, you want to you want to try a different network plugin? We got we got a dozen. Uh -huh, you want uh -huh. a different service mesh? You don't need a service mesh? Whatever. That's good. You know, you got lots of different options, all of that. Um, but also... Open OpenStack, uh, there was a little bit of public cloud, but there really wasn't that much of it. And oh, here, I haven't even thought of that. Yeah, oh, sorry, and, go ahead. I mean, here, yeah, definitely you've got all the public cloud vendors yeah. are offering Kubernetes in addition to, sure, you could run it yourself. How about, so let me, maybe OpenStack was damaged by public cloud. Oh, yeah. And, but, and because, because it, it never... Aside from Rackspace and maybe like and some Swiss company or like there, there's a there's there, a, there were like a few public companies that or a few public clouds running it and then and then that kind of moves it down there, there wouldn't there there wasn't enough of like a, a private cloud poll at well the time. That, that was the thing they kind of went back and forth and couldn't decide what they wanted to be do you right. want to be do you want to be the private cloud that every enterprise will stand up their own uh -huh. a la VMware yeah um, that was half the crowd and then the other half was like no 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 we need to be a public cloud. Uh, we're Rackspace, we're HP, you know, we need to, I, we're IBM, we need to put in the resources to make this something that any, that other people can consume from us. Right, okay, yeah, that's so, good. I mean, if I remember, if you remember back to the Sputnik days early when we talked that we, about also having from the developer laptop a uh, cloud launcher, uh -huh. um, when we, I remember on the slide we had, it was so, the, the goal was so you could have it onto Google, you could have it onto Azure, you could have it onto OpenStack. And so it was its own standalone right, right, right. Uh, destination. As right, like, like, like a, the, the Cloud Foundry slides would have, like, you know, OpenStack, VMware, and the three clouds. Right, and right. then occasional other ones, depending on the region you were operating in. Yeah. But, right. That, that, I, I, I'm, I'm going to sign up to that theory, is that because, that in, unless well, they, they, you have, you, unless you have... Your platform, your inf whatever in in public cloud, you're just not going to get enough momentum to like get out of the trough of dissolution. Well, well, yeah, definitely the public cloud. It was always a reaction to public cloud. 
Yes. Right? Yeah. And it was the, the people who'd been left out of the public cloud, uh-huh. you know, left out, the, you know, they were getting lapped. And, you know, so there was those vendors and then all the, like, consumers who were like, well, maybe I'll run this for myself. Yeah, yeah. I think, you know, part of it is it, it's, it was all things to all people. But, you know, as you said, Matt, they had one thing in each part, but they put in so many parts. And to a certain extent, it collapsed under its own weight. And I think... The other thing is, is that they were coming up the experience. Uh, they're sort of figuring it out as they go along, which is nothing wrong with it, but because you learn by mistakes. But I think something like a um, a Kubernetes, this is something that's hosted by the Cloud uh, Native Compute Foundation. They've done this for a while, and the people that are coming in to support it, it's it's a much bigger, broader effort. Yeah, and they already know. So they've they've made their mistakes, and and they can learn from them. And I think that's that was another thing that. They they have they already started with the big tent wasn't that yeah. the, an OpenStack thing the, yeah, the, the, yeah. the big tent deal? well and, and and definitely here you know there's a lot more uh, end user applications mm. you know they're like oh, well now that you're on Kubernetes there's all this other stuff there wasn't a lot of that with Open right. OpenStack there wasn't like now that you're on OpenStack you know you'll be running these sorts of applications I mean there was some you know definitely there was some but it was still more infrastructure focused and I feel like here yeah. there there's a lot of stuff servicing running apps on top of Kubernetes. Well, it was a natural out- right. outcome of the of the whole container movement, right? So OpenStack sort of came came up a bit net new, whereas you take Kubernetes and you needed Kubernetes on top of Docker sure, to manage sure. and orchestrate all those things. And so it was already there. There was already a need. It just sort of the the center of gravity went up the up the stack. So, so, so we've, got, we've got a few things here. One, uh, uh, didn't achieve enough of an ecosystem, which needed to include public cloud. That's the the, the yeah, achievement yeah, yeah. that didn't happen. A lot was already headed there anyway. And then two, as you started with, uh, there was uh, there were not enough ways to do each thing, and instead there was one component to satisfy sure. each thing. And then and then three. See if I can remember it while I'm talking, because you just made this point, Barton. But then, but then three, there was a third point. That uh, that I think might have been a uh, uh, well, a couple of one is experience, right? And so having a more experienced group who's done this before, and the other part is yes. the fact that it it was already a component of a larger ecosystem that was that was that was right. needed, and it was and, just sort of. Yeah. And, and the third thing was, and I'm going to get this technically wrong, is like I mean, OpenStack was kind of VM based, right? Yeah. Like, and whereas. And then, but whereas Kubernetes is container based, and so, the, so that underlying technology, right? Yeah, yeah. So maybe, maybe you know, you get all those factors and everything else. Yeah. And there's probably some uh, economic headwinds, macro factors that are exogenous. Oh sure. Yeah. Uh, currency, currency rates. Oh. Uh, I think it. I think um, uh, inflation. Bitcoin. So, I think that really. Uh, so speaking of like you know tangents and, uh-huh. and containers, uh, there's uh, a certain large company called Docker who's not here. Oh, I haven't really done an inventory. Huh. Well, they're very developer-centric. Uh, but are they? I mean, you know, we, we've talked about it on the podcast, they're, they're still hosting a lot of Kubernetes applications, yeah. and, um, you know, they're still... Who else Who else is not here? I haven't thought Apple. about that. Weaveworks. Weaveworks, that's true. No, they're here. Are they? Where oh, yeah, they? yeah, yeah. I've talked to a whole bunch of Weave, Weaveworks you people. Talk to people, no booth. Oh, so is that... But do you see Docker people? There have been a few Docker people Oh, you're people making here. this stuff up. No, there no, were no, no. Docker people. Oh, I've already had this conversation with people who had noticed the same thing about WeaveWorks. About both companies. What about Apple? Uh, Have you met anyone from Apple? Yes. No. Yeah, there was the a people keynote who use from somebody Apple, from maybe. Apple. There was a keynote. One of the 
one of the people, one of the people running the keynotes, uh, I don't remember her name. She's from Apple. Yeah. Oh, yeah. She's, there's this person. Like, I just can't remember. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Go look up the keynotes. <laughs> no. I, I, mean, I mean, literally, like, you know, I don't know. I, I think Barton's just being a shit. No, no, that is. No, no. That I, I, I resemble that remark. Yes. Now you're going to make me look up her name. Well, yeah, yes. that, that is that is it, that is always a fun thing to uh, to think about. Who's you know who you know who is here? The Cloud Foundry people are here. I need to stop by their table. Yeah, because you know they do Kubernetes stuff. I didn't. I did not see that. They're they're. I'm pointing, which the listeners can see, but they're right over there. Uh, they got they got themselves a table. Where is uh, where is Deck? I don't see Deck here or Compact. They usually um, have a big uh, big booth. Is that uh, you're, I think you're thinking Kindrel. Kindrel. Oh yeah. I thought your company bought those companies. No, somebody else bought them. We we decided <laughs> or three par, um, which we decided not to buy. Which bogey par. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Eagle, um, which reminds me, I've started playing Ang- uh, Angry Birds again, uh-huh. uh, and because they have that eagle, you know, after you you can also do the uh-huh. the eagle at the end of it, and it just comes in and takes everything out, but. I, mean, I played that with my boys 10 years ago, and it's... Angry Birds? Yeah. It's yeah. as fresh as, as the day is long. Spring I, I chicken. Just, exactly. So, you know, one thing I want to talk about, I was talking about, and this is not as tangential, but this is back to the, the rise and falls of uh, communities, is I was talking with the Red Hat folks about it would be interesting to do a comparison between empires, right? Roman Empire, Greek Empire, how one comes... Uh, goes too far, and then then uh, you know becomes untenable. Right? You get the Roman Empire, then you have to defend all these areas at all these different places, and then you then you just dis- you dissolve. And so there's got to be a way you take say let's look at Apache, let's look at the Linux kernel, let's look at um, uh, look at Kubernetes, OpenStack. Um, I'm trying to think of other ones that would actually be kind of funny. You know, like that really funny joke I made about Compact. Yeah. So, I mean, come on, that's an so, amazing so, so thing. So you're talking Don't, about, like, technology ecosystems as parallels to ancient civilizations? Right, overreaching, and and, um, and why did they go wrong? Right, Was right. it hubris? Was I don't it, Because, um, you know, I think that inexperience, right? Hubris, inexperience, so, only one thing ooh. for one person. So, so, Was so the like, enslavement of other other uh, nations? So yeah. So microsystems could be, like, the Babylonians, and then, you know, Oracle could be the Assyrians who came and slaughtered them. So I, I talked to Brandon, we were thinking about doing a whole thing on Sun Microsystems, the oh, rise, the fun. fall. And, um, well, in fact, it's interesting. The two other people from when I was interviewed, the Red Hat people, uh, Corinna and Josh, had also worked at Sun. And we all had our own sort of different takes on yeah. it. And, you know, I, I think I think that's the, uh, for, for as cynical as I can be, that's like what I'm always interested in is, is like what is the, uh, what's the progression through all of this, the, the evolution of things, right? Like, and I think... You know, is this back to my idea of empires? Wait, you have, you have, you know, <laughs> you, I thought general. you were a liberal artist. You, you would have, I thought you would have jumped all over that. I was, well, hold on. I was going to say in general with empires, like it's easy to think about like empires as like kind of a zero sum game and it gets destroyed another one. But like most of the empires are built and evolve from the other ones, right? right. Like, I mean, you know, it, yes, exactly. You you leave, and that is the and shoulders as a, as of I, giants or or not as tall well, people. As I, I understand it, like the Roman Empire, it gets very confusing at the end, right? I mean, you actually you had the Holy Roman Emperor, which I don't know if is very much so associated with the Roman Romans, right. but then you also have Rome, and like it all kind of. Well, there like was one time when there was there. there was three papacies, right? There was the mm-hmm. Aachen, there was the Roman, and there was the. Istanbul one or something? I, yeah, something and like that. So you're saying you got Docker, Mesos, and Kubernetes? Yes, and CoreOS. <laughs> then, so then, so then that, that's the other thing is what absorbs, right? Just like uh, empires absorb nations uh-huh. and make them, enslave them or make them part of their own. To what extent do they make them, 
So here's something. What do they do? They need to change them and make them them their own, or do they leave them alone? Like say adaptability IBM and, and and Red Hat. They, you want to so be adaptable. They let, they let the vandals let the Mesopotamians be the same. <laughs> I don't know. How about the All Saxons? Right. What do you have to say about that? Oh, um, the Angles, the the Berserkers, yeah. the Vikings. Oh sure. We've, yeah. we've always been at war with the Saxons. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Um, Oceania, but. As we kind of bring up these ancient history parallels, uh, an interesting conversation I had earlier is uh, someone was, you know, telling the story of Kubernetes to someone who actually knew a lot better than, you know, the person telling the story about how Kubernetes was donated to the community from Mm -hmm. from Google because, you know, this is the code that they were using and gifted it to the world, you know, like Prometheus bringing us fire. And That's another project. <laughs> yes, that Which, is another and there's project. multiple projects that do similar things. I know, unlike OpenStack, my friend Matt told me that. Yes, but but the, the point is, like, uh, just to, to clarify a little on the history of Kubernetes, uh, Google did not use it, and it was uh, from Apple, right? <laughs> no, that the person who was on the keynotes, they wrote it themselves. Sorry. Yes, uh, you know, thank you, but uh, but no, uh, Kubernetes uh, was donated by people from Google, but Google never ran it, and they still don't. Wasn't it a derivative of at least? It was. It was like a example of you know. Hey, these are the patterns we use. Yeah. I think it's a based on a true story situation. Yeah, yeah, but the the true story fits on a postcard, you know, versus you know the real thing that Borg is that uh, artistic. Yeah, oh, like, right, artistic right, right. license, is, is, right? Yeah, an encyclopedia of no, it's of true. Yeah. And and you know that's that's all more or less covered in that excellent documentary. But it is, and that, that's, that's what makes that, it. You, did you, did that you documentary when you when you oh, talked oh, the about Kubernetes it. Yeah, I, I mean, I don't. Th- if I remember, you don't have someone sitting down and being in, in in the same clarity that you have. Be like, oh yeah, Google doesn't run this at all. It's actually just an external thing. So if you think you're being like Google, you kind of are. But like, we got our own cool stuff. Exactly. Like it's like it's kind of like remember when you read that SRE book, the hall part in the middle, and you're like, looks cool. Sorry. Yeah. Like not for you. Like. <laughs> You can't do all that, that neat stuff But didn't you say that was... I listened to Software Defined Talk, and I thought you guys panned that piece as being a bit of a puff type of... A, which which the, 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 the documentary? The, yeah. Oh, no. It, it, was, it, was, it was good historically. I mean, it was... Well, the things that were interesting panned. about it, it... Yeah, definitely not panned. It was... It was entertaining. Um, you know, they glossed over some of the, the early pieces about, you know, how, how capable it was when it launched. I mean, as Cote's been saying for the last seven years, you know, I thought it already did that. Um, but, you know, it didn't do much, and it's still, you know, fairly narrowly focused. But, you know, they've just they've come a long way with it. I, I, I think, but that's no. interesting you talk about being narrowly focused, because what we're talking about here is how it is, how it is really expanded. Oh. The ecosystem's expanded, right? And, and the good thing is that's <clears throat> the, the core project does a lot, but it actually doesn't do that much. So is it? So that's, now I'm interested in this because I don't know the answer. But is it? Has it provided more APIs or more connections? Is that what it's done yeah, to make it's it? Provided as opposed a really to good. it's expanded to right. have things plugged in. The things that plug into it have that's have right. to do the heavy exactly. lifting. Like, like you could imagine, what do you call the frame of a car? Like if you, if you were to imagine like oh, and you're talking about the like maybe like I will see if this works like think of Kubernetes as like the frame of a car mm-hmm. and then the way that all the parts of a car connect to each other but it's not actually the engine the interior the the body of right, a car right. and, and, but it specifies that you have all these components of a car and we'll give you the frame but you've got to bring all your own components and we specify how they talk with each other and they interact with each other but we're not an engine we're not the stereo. 
we have an idea of a steering wheel, and and like so all of these other. But there's things no have to intelligence in, in the. You're not saying that there's no intelligence to the Kubernetes, right? If you're talking about just the, the there's, internal there's a, frame, there's there's a little bit of stuff going on, but like it's it's really good scaffolding. And yes. you can hang a lot of good things off that scaffolding. So just, when, just like this they, lunch cart. So when they say things are, the Kubernetes is not easy, then what part are they talking about? If you're saying it's just the, is it connecting everything to it that's, that makes it so difficult? Well, there's that. And then there's also just like... Uh, well, I know the answer to all these. I'm just acting like a straight yeah, man. I mean, it's not, it's not the connecting it to it that's difficult. It's all the things that you're connecting it to and the things that they have to talk to and making you know, sense of all the possible potentials that you have there. I mean, right. and, and then also, if, if you have an application to run, unless you have an additional thing that fixes this problem, you can't really go to Kubernetes and say, run this for me. It'll say, like, Tell me how you would like it run. Where would you like it? Like you have to specify all these different things that you want to run. So it's, it's, it's you know, which is its intention. And again, you would put other stuff on top of it to do it. But a lot of the complexity comes from that. It's almost like, well, it's like that's why distros like well Tanzu or things like OpenShift have come about so that sure. they don't have to. to do it. And it just reminds me of. I just got to say this. I'll turn it back. But the Jerry, the Seinfeld episode where the guy's building his cabinets and every little thing he asks him, do you want me to use this? This screw or that screw? Do you want the things to swing in, swing out? Everything and Jerry just says, "I don't care, just do it." And of course, he he installs them backwards. But but yeah. that idea that you want the freedom from choice sometimes to quote Devo. Yes. Yeah. I mean, I mean, maybe, maybe to close it out, like if if you think assembling IKEA cabinets are difficult, you should try building them from a you know a tree. Like, <laughs> well, that was what didn't Andrew have a Andrew Schaefer had a thing of build your own tree house with like yes. bolts and things like that, and then. Uh huh. And then other, or you have the treehouse built for you. Yes, something like that. I, I remember that slide somewhere way back in the before times. Draw an owl. Well, well, as always. Well, do you have a recommendation? <laughs> My recommendation is Dirk, the grocery store. Oh yes, Dirk. Clearly, how about, how about yourself? What would you recommend? Well, I kind of, I kind of already teed it up, but it's Angry Birds. Get back into it. The original. I mean, like I said, I had about a ten-year hiatus. I. I'm totally psyched. You know, I, it's back in the news. Is it really? Electronic Arts bought Rovio. Nobody told me that. Like last week. Is all of my Rovio stock now worth lots that I don't have? Why are you here still? <laughs> exactly. So that would that would be my beach. That would Hawaii. be my recommendation. There you go. Oh yeah, let's ask Matt about Hawaii because he lives my in Australia. They have beaches in both places. Uh, my my recommendation is too late for most people now, but there's uh, here at the RAI Conference Center. RAI. Uh, there are uh, there, in the basement toilets area. There's a coat check, but there's also a wall of lockers, and you can pay eight euros for a 24-hour window of locker. And there's they got big lockers and little lockers, and you can pay with your credit card, of course. And uh, you could store your bag here overnight and then renew it. So basically, if you have like a giant conference bag, you know you don't want to be you don't want to go around the, with a bag and you go to your uh, happy hours and stuff. You could stick your big backpack in that locker. And uh, you can come in and out. It's locked. Is that all night? Because yeah. that's usually what happens. You go so, to dinner and you don't want to totally. bring your backpack, so you but can, you need it that night you or can, you want to have it. You can leave it there overnight. No, of course, no, but you can you center, come back after 24 hours. Yeah, yes. Yeah. It's, it's, it's 24 Is that hours. most of the day? Uh, the majority. Uh, and so, like, Not in a row. If, if you, if you <laughs> put your backpack in there at 7 p.m. on Thursday, you would have until 7 p.m. on Friday to pick it up. And it might just automatically charge the next day for you. And, of course, you can't come in when the conference center is locked, but who cares? So I've actually stored my backpack there each night. 
uh, because so I don't have to like take it with me to dinner and all of that. So is it, check wait, that is out. it a key or a combination, or is it the credit card that opens it up? Is it a retina scan? There's a touch. There's a touch screen, and you have to put in your own pin, so it assigns so you a like locker. So it's like in the hotel, right? You've got that little thing to put your valuables in. Yeah, more or less. Yeah. Except it's cooler, and so, you pay with it. So it's 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 temperature regulated. Uh, not these ones. So you said cooler. I think, I think those ones are in France. Just last question: How much is that in guilders? Uh, in guilders, I forget the exchange rate. I'm gonna say I'm gonna say uh, twelve drachma. Guilder. No, but how much in drachma? If we if we did that, uh, nine French francs. French francs. Wait, Swiss francs. You mean freedom francs? <laughs> well, as always, this has been software defined talk. Thanks to Dell uh, at, what is it, developer.dell.com? Or? Yeah, that's, a, that's an easy one to remember, and you can get to yeah, other you, places like blogs and stuff. As I, I was, as I was telling something, Barton's been working for uh, anywhere between 5 to 30 years uh, on, on Dell's developer thing, and they finally have a, uh, a large group of people who are doing stuff and a strategy there, and a, URL. a website. It's great. And I, a URL. Yeah. Two I, turntables, microphone, a URL. So I think there's, there's a lot going on. There's a lot of uh, focus on that from Dell. So thanks for sponsoring that. But you can no, also... It's a, it's, I'm seriously very excited you all chose. And uh, I wasn't... Who? Someone else here was like, oh, my God. Oh, Chris Anizik was super excited that you actually were doing an episode from, from the show. Wow. That's so, very nice. Yeah. I, I, it's always nice to run into listeners and know, know people listen. Uh, it's... Very no people listening? No, I think you have people who listen. Oh, I listen. See what I have to put up with anytime I talk about This is why our phone calls <laughs> last like most, three hours. I, I listen usually once a week. Speaking of listening. Not in a row. You all can right. listen to more of these if you go to softwaredefinedtalk.com and, uh, you know, tell all your friends. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye. There, there's, I know there's an SD card in here somewhere.